Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. Noni is short for anonymous because that's where I share the completely honest account of my personal deslobification process. It's where I share the ins and outs and ups and downs and failures and successes of me getting my own home under control. And as I figure out what works, I share cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. I also share the ones that don't work. So um, I am excited that you're here with me. This is podcast number 69 and I'm calling it procrastination. Yes. Um, but before we get started, don't forget that this podcast and all my podcasts basically are brought to you by 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, which is one of my ebooks. I have others called Drowning in Clutter, Teaching Kids to Clean, and then I have another one that is all of my printable checklists all together, which you can get for free or purchase together as an ebook. Um, but 28 Days to Hope for Your Home specifically breaks down exactly what the most basic things are that you need to do to keep your home out of disaster status. I don't make promises of perfection because I'm never going to reach perfection, but, uh, I can promise you that if you will do 28 days to hope for your home, you will have hope for your home. And it's amazing what that can do as far as creating traction. I think that's the coveted thing that everybody wants is traction in their quest for a clean home. So 28 days to hope for your home. I will link to that in the show notes for this podcast number 69. You can go to a slob comes slash podcasts with an S and I will have a link to that there. Uh, you can also go to a slob comes slash connect and find me on all my social media channels. Okay procrastination. So I got a question. Thank you so much to those of you who have been sending in questions or suggestions for podcasts. And the question boiled down was, um, is there a link between procrastination and being a slob? So the answer is yes. Okay. Thanks for joining me today. That is it. I'm just kidding. But really, yes, of course there is. I am a master procrastinator. That's one of my I was going to say best features. It's probably one of my worst features, but yes, absolutely. I am a procrastinator, but you know, so my, my initial reaction was, well, of course, but then I started thinking about it. I thought, you know, really there are some things to consider here because I've written a ton about procrastination and examples of procrastination and my wonderfully fabulous and logical excuses that I can come up with that ultimately are just procrastination, um, over the last six years of writing at a So, uh, so yeah, I've thought a lot about this subject and it absolutely definitely, um, you know, is related to slob issues. So, um, at the most basic, you know, the question was how, about the frustration that I personally have felt many times. I've talked about it a lot on the blog. I know it's a common frustration of those of us who struggle this way is, you know, it's time to get ready to have people over to my home. And all of a sudden I care and I'm getting every last detail. I'm paying attention to details. I'm paying attention to, um, you know, all of it, everything that I've completely ignored. And I think, how did I not see that until now? But all of a sudden I'm detail oriented and I'm ready to have people in my home and I get my house perfect. And I look around and I think this is exactly what I want it to look like. And then, um, I get irritated with myself because I think, why, why is it that I wait 
until I know the doorbell's about to ring before I dust the um, TV stand that I'm actually looking at right this second as I'm doing this podcast. Why is it that even though I've noticed that several times, I haven't done it. I haven't dusted that TV stand and I can see the dust and I can see where somebody has touched the TV stand on their way out of the room. And I have noticed it and I haven't done it. But if somebody was coming over, I would grab my Swiffer duster and I would dust that thing in like two seconds. And then I would be irritated that I hadn't done it before. And that's just natural. That's, that's normal. Okay. What happens there? Yes, is normal. Um, the, I mean, honestly, the best way for me to kind of solve this little dilemma here is to regularly have people over. Um, when I first started the blog, I was starting to feel like, okay, I am focused on this. I'm going to do this. And my church started hosting or started doing a home group thingy, whatever. And they were asking for volunteers for people to host a home group in their home. And I was nervous about it, but I said, you know what? I'm going to do this because I am focused on getting my house under control. I had just started the blog. I was just starting. I didn't even call it my deslobification process yet, but that's what I was doing. I was working on changing how my home operated. And so I volunteered to host a home group in our home. And I, my husband's eyes, when, (laughs) when, when he saw that I had you know, filled out the little card and said, yes, I would like to host a home group. I mean, his eyes were basically saying, are you kidding me? Because years before, a couple of years before that, not huge amounts of years, but several years before that, um, our Sunday adult Sunday school class that we were in had tried to do a home group thing. And I think it was on Friday nights or something like that. And, um, I had said I would host and I came up, I think we only did it maybe once a month for four or five months or something, but I know at least two or three of the times when I was supposed to do it, I came up with a reason why I couldn't do it because it was just too overwhelming. And there was a reason. I mean, I think one of the times our plumbing, like, I don't know, this is so gross, but it like backed up in the bathtubs and the showers. And we've never had that happen at any other home. And I don't think it's happened since then. Thank you, Lord. But Um, but anyway, it was just, it was so gross and overwhelming. Well, here's, here's the truth. And this is the way I look at it. Looking back now, I was totally overwhelmed with having people over. Okay. But I was determined to do it because it was going to give me this deadline. But this was back in the day when it took me two weeks to be ready to have people over. And that was a week of shoving everything in the master bedroom and locking the door and calling that decluttering and then a week of cleaning. And so it was just, it was like, everything had to stop for me to have people into my house. Um, and I could do it, but it was this huge and overwhelming task. Um, and so I think because I was so overwhelmed already with getting my house cleaned up enough to have people over. When something like that happened, which was gross and horrible and awful, but I mean, all it took was a visit from the plumber to take care of it really quickly and then cleaning the bathtubs and the shower. So it it wasn't, I look at that now and I think, you know what? I think I still would have had it here because 
I mean, first of all, who goes in my bathtub and shower for home group? No one. They just don't. Um, but I also am like, well, I could do that. Like that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, that was like the, the, the one thing that just sent me over the edge, like, okay, well now I can't do anything because this was just so overwhelming because I was already so overwhelmed that that last little bit sent me over the edge. Well, what has happened over the past six years is that I have realized the beauty of daily routines. Like I talked about in my little advertisement for 28 days to hope for your home. It's all about daily. It's not about big overhauls because big overhauls don't work. They have no lasting effect. Daily habits have huge lasting effect, way more than a big overhaul. It's mind boggling. It's completely opposite than what I ever would have thought before I started this process for myself. So having those daily habits, whether they're perfect or not, means that my house never gets ridiculously out of control. So that for six years, I hosted a home group and we could, depending on how things were going, we could either be ready for home group on Sunday night with one five minute cleanup and a quick vacuum, or on a really rough week, it might take an hour and a half. I mean, that's a huge difference from back when I needed two weeks to get it ready. So those daily routines keep all the basic things under control so that then visually I'm seeing those little extra things that bug me or when it's time to have people over or I'm more willing to have someone over because it's only going to take me a short amount of time to take care of those. Okay. But the other thing that happens with consistently having people over is that I chill out. Okay. Um, it's just kind of this bad cycle when, you know, back when I had to have two weeks to have people over, well, I mean, when do you have two weeks? Almost never. I mean, it has to be like, okay, when can I block out two weeks so I can have people over? So it wouldn't happen. So it would get worse because that was the only time I would clean really well. Um, you know, so it was just this endless cycle and it would get worse, which would make me less likely to have people over, which would mean I wouldn't have people over, which means it would get worse. And, you know, so it just, that consistency is really important. But the other thing that happens in consistently having people over is I chilled out my house wasn't perfect. Um, you know, I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I sat in the little chair where I would sit for home groups and go, Oh my word, I see a sock underneath that person's chair that I didn't see earlier. Oh, well, (laughs) you know, because the whole thing of it was, you know, home groups were supposed to be being involved in each other's lives. Well, guess that, guess what? My life involves an imperfect home and The other thing I realized is people don't care that much. Even people whose homes personally are always great. They don't care that much because they're just, people just like a place to be. Do you remember like back in college for me personally, I remember how excited I was to have an apartment my last few year and a half, whatever of college. And the whole reason was because I was excited. We were going to have a place to be. Because before that, we were in dorms and you either have a roommate who doesn't necessarily want to hang out with the same people you're hanging out with, 
or, you know, we weren't allowed to have guys in the girls dorm or girls in the guys dorm. And so we, I mean, there was nowhere to hang out. So we were always at restaurants or we were always, you know, wherever where you know, the, the waitress would start to get snippy with you after a while, you know, when you've been there for four hours laughing and talking, I mean, I was just so excited about having a place to be just a place to hang out and, and just sit and relax. That's what people want. They just want a place to be. And people are, I hate to say it because there are judgy people, but most people are really understanding. And most people just go, okay, whew, good. She doesn't have it all together. Not that I don't, pretty sure nobody in my life just assumes I have it all together. But anyway, um, so what are some ways that you could personally have people into your home more often? Um, just a, a Bible study, going through a Bible study book with one of your friends, um, a consistent coffee date, a church home group, you know, volunteering for that when the opportunity comes up, a book club. I love book clubs. I haven't done a book club in forever. Not really practical because I would think that the time when I would need to have a book club would be at the same time my family's home and whatever. For us, Girl Scout meetings. I have my Girl Scout meetings in my home. Just a regular play date, whatever, just any way that you can consistently have people in your home to where you don't have to wait on yourself to be ready to invite someone. I think that for me was the key. Having something that was just on the schedule on a regular rotation for us, it was every Sunday night, um, just to keep myself from needing to extend an invitation because waiting to an, to extend an invitation is something I can, you know, procrastinate on or extending an, okay. I can procrastinate on extending an invitation. Sorry. I had to get that grammatically correct. Um, the more regular it is, the better. Okay. But then there's also some deeper thoughts that I have about procrastinating. Um, so one of the things I've realized in writing about and blogging my own, you know, excuse busting and all that kind of stuff with getting my house under control is, um, I am an overthinker. Like I'm hyper logical, like to my own detriment. I am always, one of the things I've realized, you know, is like the whole first week of 28 days to hope for your home. I'll just, you know, go ahead and give it to you if you don't have it. But basically it's building up this habit of washing my dishes every day. That is such a duh habit. I mean, for real, like there's nothing earth shattering, groundbreaking, whatever about that. There's just nothing terribly exciting about it. But the fact that I had to come to grips with the reality that that is what you have to do. There's no way around it. That is an example of my issue with overthinking. Always thinking there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I have got to be smarter than these dishes. Work smarter, not harder. You know what? Sometimes in my effort to work smarter, not harder, I don't work while I'm trying to be smarter. And then once it's time to work because I have no choice, then it's harder than it ever would have been if I just would have gone ahead and worked while I was trying to be smarter. Was that the most convoluted sentence you have ever heard in your entire life? Anyway, my point is I'm an overthinker. And often my overthinking leads to procrastination. Okay. This is one of the things that I have had to really 
work on, I continue to work on, and over time I have eliminated procrastination stations, okay? What am I doing that is planned procrastination? For example, one of the things for me um, uh, that was a big time game changer was folding clothes right out of the dryer. I resisted this forever. I mean, I was doing laundry day for years before I finally was like, okay, fine, I'll try it. Fine, I will fold it right out of the dryer. But I had justified and overthought and rationalized why that didn't make sense to do that, why it made more sense to grab the clothes out of the dryer in one big armful or two big armfuls, dump them on the couch so that I could hurry and go and put in a new, you know, put the load from the washer in the dryer and put the, um, a new load into the washer, you know, switching over the laundry and getting the machines working again, because I felt like, well, I don't have any control over how long the machines take. So I only have control over how much time is between those loads. And so that means I need to hurry and get those machines working again. And then that, that just makes so much more sense than folding it right out of the dryer. Like I thought that that was going to be something, but it turns out, um, by doing that, that is procrastinating me taking those clothes to the love seat instead of folding them right out of the dryer is procrastination. And that makes, that turns my love seat, which I don't even have anymore, but my recliner or my couch or whatever, I don't even know where I would put it anymore because I just don't do that every once in a while. But for the most part, I just don't, I don't do that. Okay. And so I never have a big pile of clothes on there. Well, guess what? A big pile of clothes on my love seat, clean or not nags in the back of my brain and frustrates me and means that if I did need to get my home ready for someone to come over, I would have to deal with that load or that six loads piled up mountain high on a love seat. Okay. So instead of, so I've eliminated that procrastination station. Where is that stopping point? That stopping point was putting things there. Instead, now I fold it right out of the dryer and it's like magic. I never have that procrastination station that then makes me want to put it off and put it off and put it off. I can't procrastinate because I can't put the wet clothes into the dryer until the dry clothes are out. Well, I'm folding them as they come out. I'm putting them away. And amazingly, strangely, laundry day is done faster. And when it's done, it's actually done. My laundry physically disappears into thin air, which is actually in the drawers, but still it's out of my vision. It's out of my worry lines, sight lines, all of that kind of stuff, because I didn't procrastinate. Okay. Even though that seems, but see, that's an example of my overanalyzing. I had thought through it so much that no, it makes more sense for me to put stuff on the love seat. It doesn't make sense for me to bring things out of the dryer, except that that was procrastination. And it was harmful overall to how my house ran. Okay. Um, other examples are, let's see. Oh, I had some written down. Hold on. Um, you know, me being convinced that there has to be a better way. Um, also, you know, just letting myself think that I work better under pressure. So I'm going to wait for pressure. I'm always doing that. I'm always saying, you know what? I'll wait till later when I have to make this decision. Because guess what? I do thrive under pressure. I rock it under pressure, people. But I'm always miserable under pressure. 
and I never get as much done as I wanted to under pressure because I had to start from nothing. Okay. So, so many times that's like, um, my two decluttering questions. The first question being, where would I look for this first? The second part of that question, which is not really a question is take it there right now. That is stopping that procrastination. Logically, it seems like I should set it there and put other things that are going to go to that same spot with it. But logically doesn't work out well for me because then that means that the mess is outside the space I was decluttering. There's another podcast I have on how to declutter without making a bigger mess. That's a good one to go listen to. But how I keep from making a bigger mess when I'm decluttering is basically I just take things there right now. I can overthink it and say that's inefficient. That's not the best way to do it. And yet that's a procrastination station. If I let myself say, I'm going to do this later, I'm going to do this when it matters. Um, you know, going ahead and making a decision about each and every item that I pull out of a space while I'm decluttering, instead of having a keep box, a keep box is a procrastination, a procrastination box. That's all it is. You know, there's no reason to have a keep box. I need to just go take it where it goes right now, because if I can't decide right now, where I would put this, where I would look for it, it probably means I never would look for it, which means no matter where I eventually put it, I'm not even going to remember I had it. Okay. So there's no keep box necessary that does not work for my particular kind of brain. Okay. All right. Now, um, rather than you think I'm just dissing our type of brain, I want to talk about something else. Okay. And that is, it is very likely for you that, and and I'm making assumptions about people listening to the podcast that maybe you struggle with housework, but it's very possible that while you procrastinate on housework, there are probably other things that you don't procrastinate on that you're gung ho about, and you are driven to get them done that other people who do housework and keep it under control and are very consistent with that, that they procrastinate on. For example, you know, I was just having a conversation with someone, you know, and I'm writing a book right now. It's a lot of pressure. It's a little overwhelming, but I'm driven and I'm going to get it done. And I mean, I have to get it done. So anyway, um, you know, and so we were just talking about, you know, she was like, how do you, you know, how do you get it all done? How do you fit it in? And I'm like, well, it's an, it's, it's a drive. I can't explain. Like it's in me. I have to write. That's just, that's just who I am. That's how God created me. That's, that's what I do. I write and I have to do that. You know, my daughter who's nine wrote a play this summer and it was strangely similar to Annie, um, which she was obsessed with, but anyway, um, but she wrote this play and she, did a fantastic job and she worked on it. And my husband and I were lovingly laughing, not laughing at her, laughing with her, but it just tickled us so much because we had gone somewhere and it was about an hour drive and she had brought her notebook with her that she was using to work on this play. And she had finished writing the play while we were driving and (laughs) she finished it. She closed it up and she said, Oh, I am so glad I'm finished with that. That is such a huge stress off of me. 
And we just were so tickled at that. But I'm also so impressed with her and so in love with her. I love this girl. Because that is going to carry her very far as a writer someday. That's that inexplicable drive to do this thing that is of the most importance to you. Um, maybe for you, it's not writing. Maybe it's gardening. Do you know how many people with clean houses say, oh man, I, I just, I, I always have wanted to garden. I've just never gotten started. Okay. They would love to do that. Guess what? You do it. What about painting furniture? Oh my goodness. I see all these tutorials of people who've painted furniture and made all these really cool things. And I think, man, that is something I would love to do. I mean, I've always thought that I, I think I even downloaded furniture building blueprints or something one time thinking, well, I'm totally going to do that one day. Yeah. But you know, if that's something you do, do you know how many people in this world say that that's important to them and say that that's a dream and something they want to do, but they don't do it, but you do, you're probably driven in some other area. So even though your home falls into disarray, there's some other area that you're making things happen. You're doing things. Okay. Yes. We all have to find some sort of balance, which is that not easy to find and probably unrealistic thing, we do have to find some sort of balance so that we can live in our home and we can be safe and be happy. But most likely you have another area of your life where you don't procrastinate, that those people with clean houses do procrastinate in that area. Now, of course, there are super people who get it all done, but come on, they're probably not funny. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, if you're one of those people, I'm sure you're funny. (laughs) Okay. Um, maybe it's volunteering at schools. I mean, that is one of those things that a lot of people cannot find the time to fit in, but y'all schools couldn't survive without volunteers. I mean, those things are so necessary things that you do at church. I know some super messy people who run the church kitchen and I mean, messy at home, but the church kitchen is perfect. But I mean, who make these huge meals that are a huge blessing for people or organize these huge events, you know, creating art. I mean, art is one of those things I think, oh, I would love to do such and such and such. Well, perhaps you're driven to actually do those things. I mean, you're making real things happen. Okay. There's my little pep talk. Okay. Um, and one last thing, let me see how much time I have. Um, Oh, getting close. Okay. So one last thing on this um, is the tendency to let the feeling of overwhelm be the reason that you procrastinate. Okay. Um, Being overwhelmed, very normal for people who wish they had a clean house, but it's just not the thing that they're driven to do every single day. Um, Living in, you know, a lack of understanding of what it's going to take to get it back under control. Um, but it's not just not understanding what it's going to take to get back under control. It's understanding of the reality of the different steps. And a lot of times it's time passage awareness disorder, TPAD, which I totally made up, but it's real for people like me. And that is, I get in my head that such and such is going to take me forever to do. And I just don't have forever available in my schedule, you know? So 
reality checks are very, very important. One of the things you can do is take before and after pictures. If you're going to say, okay, I've got 10 minutes to clean my kitchen, snap a picture with your phone. And then I'm assuming if you know how to listen to a podcast, you know how to snap a picture with your phone or with your camera or whatever, but snap a picture really quick, digital. You don't want to, you don't want the people at the, um, film places. I'm assuming they still have those to see your pictures, but anyway, um, but snap a digital picture that you can erase later, but do that work for the 10 minutes you have, and then snap another picture and see the difference, make ways for you to find these reality checks. I mean, that's what I've done through this blog where I've taken pictures of all my messy before pictures and then my after pictures and then the messy pictures that are back to before pictures that used to be an after picture, but whatever, you know, taking those and doing that as a reality check to make you realize, wow, oh my word, that makes a huge difference in 10 minutes. Like, you know, just those little things like that, using a timer, both to make yourself do a five minute pickup. Okay. Um, using a timer to make your whole family contribute to a five minute pickup or to time common tasks. Um, I am not sure if I've told this on the podcast before, but to me, it's a hilarious story, but my best friend, uh, took a home ec class in college and we didn't go to the same college, but we were talking about it. And she was saying that, um, they had a, a project where they had to say, um, what they, um, what was it? Okay. So they had to like break down the time of making some such and such recipe in the kitchen anyway. And the first step was put on your apron and turn on the light. And she put 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh my word. Like I still, I mean, we're talking 20 years later and I am still laughing when I think about it because I mean, oh my word, if it takes 10 minutes to turn on the light and put on your apron, it is going to take you seven hours to like make a salad. You know, so I mean it, but we, she laughs about it too. And I got her permission to tell the story, but I mean, I, we laugh about that because that is how you just, it's like you, it's, it's not a matter of her really not knowing. It's just, I've never thought before about how long this takes. So for me, knowing because I've actually timed it that I can empty the dishwasher in four minutes, even when it's all the way full amazing what a mental difference it makes. Because if you just ask me, I would have said 15 to 20 minutes because that's how long it feels like it's taking. But once I know, once I have that reality check that, okay, this dreaded task that I put off and I put off and I put off, I'm going to do it this time. And I'm going to time myself and see how long it actually takes me to change over a load of clothes in the laundry or how long it actually takes me to fold the clothes coming straight out of the dryer or how long it actually takes me to sweep my kitchen floor. You know, whatever it is that you put off, that you procrastinate on over and over and over, time yourself, get a reality check, find ways to have reality checks. Okay. I've been a little preachy. Sorry about that. Um, but really I I love this question. I, that's, I appreciate so much people giving me your, um, ideas for podcasts and all that. Like I said, my brain is a little bit fried lately with the book writing, but I love the podcast. I love those of you who listen and, um, send me emails and, you know, just, I don't know. There's just something special about this particular, 
um, way of communicating. So thank you so much for joining me today. Again, this is podcast number 69, Procrastination. Yes. Um, that is going to be the name of it, I think. Uh, and you can find the show notes at a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. And again, this is brought to you by 28 Days to Hope for Your Home. So if you are overwhelmed in your home, 28 Days will talk you through the development of four habits. That's seven days per habit. Four basic habits, like so basic you won't even believe it, that will... Um, help you get your home under control, help you feel like, okay, I can do this. This is not overwhelming anymore. All right. Thanks for joining me and I will talk to you later. Bye.